0: Welcome back to the Better Than Best Academy, a community of champions who are committed to personal growth. This podcast has been birthed out of my hope to uplift, inspire, and transform the lives of those that feel called to the creative life. The heart behind this show is to create that space, to grow and learn what wasn't taught in school, but learned along the way, to share the story of the next generation of thought leaders, creatives, artists, musicians, you name it. And you may not know them now, but you'll soon never forget. And today's guest is another friend of mine, and I'm super excited to catch up with him. It's It's been a minute, actually. But we go back to what was it like when I was rapping and you were um, promoting shows. I, you even yeah. helped me get the opportunity to open up for Colton Dixon. I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah we we go back for sure, but now he's a successful indie Christian artist himself, and it's none other than henry and Now that I've built him up let's let's hear his story from his side,
1: yeah man, thanks for having me first off sure, um, sure. um yeah, so uh I guess we'll take it take it way back uh first off I was, you want go <laughs> so I was born with a speech impediment um and Uh, What that means, for those who don't know, um, it was hard for me to talk. Uh, Words didn't come easy. And uh, uh, because of that, at an early age, I knew people didn't understand me. So like three or four years old, I knew people. They just weren't getting it. Um, So I decided to not speak um, because it was awkward. Not only was it awkward for them, but it was also awkward for me, um, you know, trying to repeat myself over and over again and just nothing was happening. And so, yeah, so I, I stopped. I stopped really speaking and didn't speak really that much through elementary and the first part of junior high. Uh, and the only person I really spoke to was my mom. Uh, my mom was the only person that, like, she was my best friend uh, growing up. And uh, I, I always had a love for music, um, but it was like, you know, like singing in the, in the, in the bathroom, right? Like back then, yeah. back then we had CD players, so I'd have the CD player in the bathroom um, and I would just be like rocking out in front of the mirror with the door closed, acting like I was, you know, Toby Mac or something. Uh, but outside of that, um, you know, I never really sung in front of people or, you know, outside the house. Um, but at nine years old, uh, I remember walking into the living room and seeing my mom using our couch as an altar. Uh, and she was praying that like, God, will you heal my son? Will you, uh, you know. Restore his speech help him have a a normal uh childhood and uh a few months after that uh, my my speech was was restored and uh I, I could speak um and it I just remember like literally just waking up and it just like i I started talking to my mom and my mom just started like bawling because the words that were coming out of my mouth weren't um slurred or you know uh that I didn't have a speech impediment. (laughs) And, um, but even though my speech impediment was, uh, what we believe, we believe I was healed. Some people think I just grew out of it. Um, but I believe it, I believe it was a miracle, um, and and an answered prayer. Um, even though my speech impediment was healed, I wasn't like, Hey guys, I'm back, baby. You know, like that's not, that's not how it went. Um, I was really shy. Uh, I had tons of insecurities. Um, tons of uh you know doubting my self-worth um and uh you know at 11 years old like that's when you start you just start to kind of you know trying to figure out like what you really like like you know going into your teenage years and and into high school and and um and those are supposed to be times where you're supposed to be like the most social right like junior high uh and in high school and uh My thing was I just turned to sports um so basketball was a big thing for me, uh, and then football was a big thing and uh in eighth grade, yeah, in eighth grade, I uh, broke my arm like pretty bad to where my hand my hand touched my elbow um yeah, it was pretty pretty gnarly uh, and uh so I, I had surgery obviously, and I remember the uh the doctor told me that because because a lot of like the attendance and I guess stuff w- were kind of messed up that I wouldn't be able to get, like, by the time I got back to where I was, um, I'd probably pretty much already be like a senior in high school. Um, and so for me, like sports was the only thing that I, like that was the reason I went to school. Right. <laughs> like, that's the reason why I had decent grades and, you know, kept it. Uh, I wasn't an a all a students, but I was definitely an ABC student, like right above, to where I could still play, you know. Um, and uh, whenever they told me that, I was like, "Well, I'm like, why would I go back to school?" <laughs> you know, in my in my 14 year old mind, yeah. that's like, why would I even go back to school if that's the case? Um, so uh, my mom, I, I was able to talk my mom into, into going homeschool, and so I homeschooled uh, through high school. And when I turned 16, got a got my first job at Brookshire's, uh, sacking groceries. And, uh, that was, I guess at 16, well, that's 15, right before I got a job. Um, I knew I wanted to do something in the music industry, but I just didn't know what it was. I was a concert rat, um, mainly in the Christian side of things. So like, if it was winter jam, if it was Lecrae, if it was, uh, Toby Mac, whoever, right? Like I was there. Um, if it, you know, if they were playing within like a hundred mile radius, I made my mom drive me, uh, to the show. And, Love um, it. Yeah. So like I was a concert rat and I love music and I I loved one thing that I really, I guess, uh, kind of leaned towards was the, like what was happening. I would always catch myself looking backstage and like, what's going on back there. And I never really like, I'd go, we went to, you know, what winter jam is of course. Um, so like we were at winter jam, I was like 15 or something. And, uh, like, Skillet's on, or like Mercy Me, or like some huge band that should have my attention is playing, and I'm over here looking like you know stage left to you know all the guys in black wearing black shirts want like what right. What are they? Doing? You know, um, and uh, so that, that that was something that interests me, and um, so I, I actually went to um, my church uh, that I was going to at the time started bringing in bands, uh, and thought it was the coolest thing, and. I was like, man, like, if they can bring in bands, maybe I can bring in bands. And uh, so I started talking to their youth pastor at the time, Eric Platt. And um, Eric was like, you know, if, yeah, if he, Eric, he was just all about it. Like, so uh, he's like, yeah, man, you can do it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's do it. So I, uh, I literally Googled, like, booking agencies and uh, just started calling these guys at 16 years old um and booking these shows doing now that I look back I was way over my head and and shouldn't have been probably doing <laughs> a lot of those shows uh, oh good times <laughs> but there was a lot of a lot of lessons learned um not just in the industry but just like life lessons like yeah. uh, you know for me growing up I was always um I I think because of my insecurities and and just kind of like doubting my self-worth I always thought that I had to tell people what they wanted to hear um, even if it wasn't the truth. Um, and so whenever I would do, was doing shows, there was a lot of times where, um, you know, that would happen. Like I would tell an artist or a tour manager or, or whatever, like what I thought they wanted to hear. Um, you know, and so that was like a life lesson to learn that like, um, you know, just about being honest and, and, uh, being a man of your word, like, anyways, that's a whole nother thing I could get into, but there's a lot of life lessons that, we're, that we learned, um, you know, during that, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, fast forward, I guess, 20, uh, 2017, uh, I get married, um, and, uh, still doing shows, promoting shows a little bit, um, had done some tour managing, uh, in between that, uh, for a uh, couple artists and, uh, you know, just trying to find my way, trying to make money. I'm married now. So it's like, you know, <laughs> gotta make, right. gotta, gotta bring home the bread yeah. somehow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, um, so I was doing that. And, uh, I remember my wife and I, we were kind of trying to figure out what we wanted to do with our life. Um, a little after we got married, like, did we want to stay in like the Windsor Hall, silver Springs area? Or did we want to move, like you know, out to Fort Worth or or wherever? Right, where are we going to go? And um, around that time, uh, a mutual friend of ours um, messaged me at uh, the blue and was like, "Hey, man, we're we're planting this church um, in Silver Springs." And I was wondering if you could, you know, if you guys wanted to, sh- you know, show up to the the launch, one of the launch meetings. And uh, I was like, I told Denver, I was like, "Yeah, we'll we'll show up." But like in my mind, I was thinking like we're not going to like be here, <laughs> you know, like we're moving, yeah. we're moving somewhere. <laughs> um, we're not staying in, in this area. Um, and uh, so we went and immediately fell in love with um, just everything that, that they were about. And, and, uh, and that's what, that's what kept us here. And uh, a little bit after kind of committing to, to being a part of the, you know, the, the launch for that plant, uh, that church plant, um, they asked me to be on the worship team. And that was the first time I'd ever really like been on a platform like that. Um, and I felt like being a part of I remember this. I remember there was a creative, um, like I don't know if they call it a test, I guess like a challenge, where we did like thirty days of um it was it creativeness?
0: Oh yeah, a- we did photos and stuff. Yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah, it was a while back. It was like a couple of years, like it was a while back. A while back anyway so we did that and um when we did that i had made it a, a goal of my own to try to write like i think it was like something crazy like 10 songs i've never written in my life. i've written a song in my life right um, i'm gonna write 10 songs during this period of time uh and for those who don't know i don't play anything um so everything that i write is literally just uh, melodies in my head that go to a voice memo <laughs> um so that's it and um, so during that, like, 30 days or whatever it was, I, uh, I ended up writing, like, two and a half songs, right? And they were crap. Like, they were so bad. It was so bad. And, um, but one of them uh, was, uh, <laughs> one of them I thought was, like, okay, right? I was like, oh, man, this is really good. Um, so I ended up reaching out to a, uh, another uh, artist friend of mine that I had booked a show with. Um, you know, years prior. And I knew that he was producing, you know, producing music. And I was like, hey, man, like, I'm doing music now. And I was wondering, I wrote this song, and I was wondering if you could (laughs) produce it for me. And uh, he was so gracious and was like, yeah, let's do it. And if he knew what he was getting into, he probably would have charged me a lot more. (laughs) But uh, because that was my first time, like, in a studio, first time tracking, first time doing anything like that. Um, And, uh, but uh that whole thing was uh i mean that's really what made me fall in love with with chasing this thing um because i fell in love with just the process of creating um and and then being a part of the worship team uh, i felt like that gave me a confidence um that i didn't know i had um you know and then just being just being in, involved with other people that are creative like i think that's that was super important and, and what's and, and is really like no matter how far this Henry thing goes, um, like I have, uh, I really have Denver <laughs> to thank, like for real, uh, you know, he probably don't, I don't know if he really knows the, like the weight of that, because um, I haven't really, you know, shared that with him, but like, um, wherever this thing goes, like it was because he asked me to be a part of the worship team. Um, and yeah, so, um, but yeah, so now um, I'm trying to give you like brief moments because I know that I, I'm I'm a long-winded okay. talker so I can go on for hours but and tell you literally every step of the way <laughs> of what happened um I love, it. I love it yeah but um but yeah so 2017 we're at church um I, I write that song I go to Nash, fly to Nashville produce that song with a um, guy named Jeff Duncan who um he was in the band called Rapture Ruckus and uh he uh produced like the last two news boys records and like he's from New Zealand and has the craziest accent. Um, and uh, anyway, so he produced that one. It was called fighting for you. I didn't have a name, like an artist name. So like I, I, I'm a huge one. Republic. I'm, I'm really just a huge Ryan Tedder fan. Um, and I love. Who is it? Means- <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and which means I love one Republic. So I actually, the first name that I came up with was true Republic. Um, so that's what I was releasing all my music I remember under. That. Yeah, I and,
0: was the True Republic. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah. oh man! But um, so I re- and you know, I was at that point, I really wasn't taking it serious, right? Like, you know, it was like whatever. But um, uh, <laughs> once I, I remember once I realized, like, okay, it's like, and it really was a conversation with my wife. My wife was like, "Hey, like, if you're gonna do this music thing, like, I'm c- totally cool with you doing it, but you need to take it serious because right now it's an expensive hobby." And, uh, I was like, dang, like, (laughs) so, um, that was, and that was like 2019. So 2019 was when it was like, okay, like if I'm doing this, like we got to do it. Um, otherwise, you know, we gotta, we gotta lay it down because it is expensive (laughs) and, uh, you know, yeah. So that's, that's kind of where, uh, I guess the, The turning point was for me. Uh, Changed the name from True Republic to Henry, uh, which is my last name, uh, and we just dropped the E uh, because I didn't want to meet. I was like, man, I would hate to meet Ryan Tedder for the first time in court. Like that would just be (laughs) funny. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be bad. But no. um, So yeah, so changed the name to Henry, and uh, I guess it was 2020. Uh, I got an email from this producer from Nashville named Riley Friesen and Riley, uh, Riley produces a lot of stuff for building 429. Um, and, um, produce some stuff for Toby Mac and some other artists. And, uh, anyways, Riley messaged me was like, Hey man, I, you know, I've heard around from other, from other people that, you know, you've been writing with. And I was wondering if you were, you know, in need of produced and in need of a producer. And, uh, I was like, heck yeah. So I got, we got on a zoom with him and, uh, turns out like my budget for the EP that I was wanting to record then, um, was like his rate for like one song. <laughs> so I was like, man, I, you know, I can't do it. Like, you know, can you do it for this? And obviously he couldn't. And he's like, man, he's like, I'd love to, but I just can't. And like, um, but he's like, I know, I have some friends that might be able to, um, you know, work within that budget, you know, let me hit you back up, you know, later. Well, I didn't hear from this dude for like three months. And like, I, th- I was thinking, I was like, okay, maybe he was just being nice, you know, like, uh, like that was just a nice way to get off the zoom. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so three months later, uh, I, I get an email, like just literally out of the blue and it was him. And then he had Jason Roy uh, the lead singer of uh, building 429 uh cc'd in the email. And he's like, Hey man, um, this is my buddy, Jason from building 429. Uh, he's been doing some production stuff since COVID uh, has taken them off the road. Um, and, you know, he'd be able to, you know, maybe knock out your, your project for you at the rate you're doing. And I was like sick. And of course the kid that like grew up listening to Christian music and like nice. even like, did a show or did a show with building. Uh, uh Like I was like, okay, like building 429 is going to produce one of my, or, you know, some songs of mine. Sick. Um, well then, uh, I ended up getting on the phone with Jason and I shared my story about my speech impediment that I shared with you. And, um, like he just, he was, he was, I guess floored is what he said. Um, he said my story was something that he felt like, um, would resonate with a lot of people. Um, and, uh, the conversation very quickly changed from him, you know, wanting to produce a song for me or two, to, um, wanting to help me get signed and get to where I wanted to go. Um, and so I ended up flying out to Nashville like that next month. Like this is April. this is like April, uh, I guess it was a little bit later. So this is like April, 2021. Yeah. April, 2021. And, um, So I I fly out to Nashville, I meet with Jason and his manager, Gabe, and uh, we have a conversation on like, what is, what is Henry going to look like? Um, and what, like, what is this? Right. And, uh, after like three hours of, of, of talking, um, their thing was like, Hey, like we want to help you get like wherever you want to go. Um, if that's with the, if that's with the label, like, let's do it. Um, or whatever. Like, yeah. So like I was, I left that like if I probably look like a little girl, like skip <laughs> airport. Uh, That's, to...
0: That's awesome.
1: That's yeah, man. Um, such a story. yeah, that was 2021. And then, um, uh, since then, um, I ended up, I, I didn't want to go the the major re- labeled, uh, route for a few reasons that we can jump into if you want to later. Um, but, um, I ended up going the route signing with wings music group, um, at, at, as a distribution deal. Um, so basically I get the, the record label services um, without having to, you know, sign my life away. Um, and, uh, and yeah, Safari, so love it.
0: What a story. What so much to unpack there. Oh, there's so many different places. I definitely want to touch on in this podcast. Hopefully we yeah. have time for it. Um, one thing in particular, I really want to touch on is you, you had this sense of taking action despite limitations like yeah. there it was the speech impediment or whether it was this idea of just a lack of self-confidence or like being shy and introverted so what was it that despite those those limitations those struggles growing up what was it that was that turning point for you to say that you can do this and you can step out
1: yeah yeah, I think, I mean, I feel like it's maybe a couple things. Like for me, it was, it was a conversation with another pastor friend of mine. Uh, he told me, he was like, and this was around the same time um, we, one church launched um, in Silver Springs. Uh, another pastor friend of mine told me, he was like, he was Jonathan. Like, I don't think, because I really don't believe God gave you a gift and then gave you the passion for you not to use it. And. Um, I, don't, I really like i chewed on that for a while um because I was like yeah I guess that makes i guess that makes sense right mm-hmm. like if and and I remember like and now that I look back um now I look back I feel like like the promoting phase if you want to call it on my life like like that was like me like knowing that I was supposed to be a part of this thing but like trying to like like, I always believe like, oh, the stage, like, that's not for me. So I'll just, I'll be in the back. Right. Like, um, so I think that was kind of a thing for me. Like I knew where I needed to be, but I ran from it in a way, even though like I was there, right. (laughs) Just behind the stage. Um, and, but I think that like, yeah, I think my pastor friend telling me that, And then another thing is just like, I feel like when you're called to do something, you're called to do it. Like, no, it's not really predicated on our feelings. (laughs) God's not like, you're called to do this. And then if you're like, I don't really feel like that, God, He's not like, okay. Like, you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're called. um, It's just a matter of us like stepping out and doing it. Cause I could have not, but I feel like, for sure. I feel like that thing though would still be there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and like, um, So yeah, I think those two things, I think it was kind of like me f- feeling like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. And then also like my friend kind of confirming that of like, bro, like God would not have given you like, you know how many, <laughs> he, <laughs> this is funny. It's like, you know how many tone deaf people are out in the world? <laughs> <See>? <laughs> I was like, Oh Lord. Um, but no, like for, for real though. Like, yeah, I feel like it was just like knowing that like having the passion for it and know and really knowing deep down that that was what i was supposed to do um and then also like knowing that um like for me and another reason why we didn't go the route we went or the reason why we went the route we went as far as distribution i want to write songs for like the 12 year old me like the songs that he needed to hear um and so like and and for me to I I just feel like that's like, if I felt that way at 12, 13, 14, like I know there's others and like, you know, you know, and like, so if I can, if I can be that, um, you know, if if they, if, if a 13 year old who is just feeling like crap that day and feeling like no one cares about them and that if they were vanished off the face of the earth that day, no one would care. If they hear a song of mine and that changes and that, or that gives them hope. Like, bro, that's all it is. Like, that's literally, that's worth it. Even if, even like, if I didn't make a dime off that, that song, right. Like that's worth it. Um, and like, so uh, yeah, so I think it's a lot of those different things. And like, I, now that I've been kind of doing it a little, like we're, I've been at this for four years now, I guess three and a half years. Um, like we just played a show in uh, San Antonio and I had a dude come up to me and was like, like pretty much unpacked his life yeah, <laughs> and uh, was saying that like, you know, the song that we, that we did, uh, you know, really spoke to him and he needed to hear that. And like, I've always heard stories like that from other artists, you know, like, oh, we got right. this email person, right. blah, blah, blah. Like you hear that, but like whenever you, like, this is a song I wrote in a room with two other dudes. And now this person that was 15, miles away, then hears it. And like, he it cha- you know changed his life. Come on, yeah. Like, I don't know. There's if that doesn't make you want to keep going, I don't know what does.
0: Yeah, I love that man. And to, I'm right there with you. Like you, you know, I had about a a ten year rap career. <laughs> yeah. Until, until the Lord transitioned me into something else, and I have a, a friend of mine that will send me screenshots of songs that I made, like. <laughs> five plus years ago. And he's like, this song still wrecks me. And yeah, I'm like, man, like there's nothing like that. But one thing that you touched on that I, I want to kind of expound on and mm-hmm. kind of elaborate on is you mentioned those people in your life, those people you were surrounded with. And it's so important. You know, John Maxwell says it, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. We hear yep. it. And we hear it so much. We almost find it like a cliche, but I right. feel like there's so much value in that. And that's the whole reason like I've even started this this podcast and calling mm-hmm. ourselves like that community of champions. Like if it wasn't for the the Denver Hines, the yeah. the Eric Platts, the yeah. other pastor friend, like where would we be? And with that, it's kind of twofold. Cause even like now with your music, like I always look at it, it's like who who brought us up and who are we reaching back to bring up with us? And I think that's so important because it's that idea of, like, who's on the other side of your obedience. And it's like you said, like, what was it that kept you going and having you branch out from despite limitations? It's because if you're called to something, you can't run from it. And and to be obedient on that call, like, that's someone's life. Someone's miracle is waiting on the other side of your obedience. And that's why I strongly encourage you listening at home. Like, it's so important for us to— face those fears and to go after those things that, that keep us up at night, you know, go after those things that we are so passionate about, because that's where we're going to make the most impact. And it's so important. And, and to kind of get your thoughts too, as you mentioned, you want to write from this indie route, which I'm all for indie. I think it's an amazing way to go um, because I, I just think you've got so much more freedom over your content and how you release it. But more specifically, like you said, you're writing for that 12-year-old twelve year, 12 year old you. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but when I, I hop on TikTok or I help with the youth at One Church, which, sidebar, shout out to One Church. Because, I mean, yeah. we're One Church in two locations, our, our lead pastors, Pastor Brian and Crystal Sparks, are crushing it. I'm so grateful for the years that they have just sown into my life. I mean, in your life as well. And yeah. even with Denver, Pastor Denver as campus pastor, it's so crazy. Yeah. I remember when he was, we were in youth group together. <laughs> so that's that's how far me, me and Denver go back. But not to get too sidetracked, like I was saying, um, you, you mentioned how you're writing to that 12-year-old you. So what was those feelings when you were growing up that that like those people pleasing like so what would you say to someone right now that may be younger that wants to have this they, they've they're creative, they, they've got it inside of them and they're not really yeah. sure how how to take those next steps. Um, what would you say to them being on the other side of someone who used to be people pleasing and used yeah. to be trying to do it for all the wrong reasons? What would you say to them?
1: Man, I think like, like you said, I think the most important thing is to, I mean, for I feel like a lot of the people pleasing thing comes from, at least for me, it was like, you see where other people are, right? Like, I feel like that's what I hate the most about social media is that you'll see, like, no matter what it is, if it's another worship leader, right? And you see where that worship is doing and the opportunities that he or she's getting, or you see a, you know, whatever it is, right? Um, or maybe it's someone just that, that you went to school with and, like, you know, they, they're the career that they chose, they've just gotten so further along than maybe that you think you are, right? Um, of course, you're only seeing like the stories on their Instagram and you're piecing these, you're piecing this together, right? So I feel like that's where a lot of like the people pleasing comes from is by, by thinking that, oh, well, like these people are, you know, living here. So I need to like maybe like, be something i'm not so that they they feel like i'm still on the same level even though you know behind their closed doors it's just a screwed up right like they have their problems so, they have like you know so it's not so i feel like that's where a lot of that comes from like i know as an as an artist when i first started um pursuing music i got like the reason and i still say this today the reason why i'm not a year and a half further than where I am now is because I spent the first hour, year and a half looking at what all these other artists, indie, even indie artists, were doing and thinking like, man, like, you know, it's just fixating on what they were doing. And yeah. while I was spending that time fixating on what they were doing, I was just falling more behind because instead of doing my own thing and putting my head down and working to build, you know, this thing, I was spending all my time looking at what they were doing and thinking like, oh man, like, you know, so I think the biggest thing is like, don't, I feel like we just waste time. Like we yeah. waste time thinking about things. Take action. Yeah. Like literally all it is is take yeah, action. It's,
0: like, it's that comparison trap. You, yeah. You it simply is that like we, we get stuck in the loop of scrolling. Like yes. we're just in this, this constant cycle of scrolling through all the people that we want to be like, and we're watching other people live their dreams. And if we would just take the time, take action yeah after the things that we're going after because we get into this space because then you start getting into perfectionism because it's a form of imposter syndrome you get into this space of like i'm never going to be as good as them so i'm never going to get started but stop don't be paralyzed by perfectionism and just start because progress is going to happen when you take action
1: absolutely and i and i think that like um yeah, As far as going back to like surrounding yourself with people, like okay. I think that that was the biggest thing for me. Like um, any success that I've had up to this point, and any success I have after this um, is because of the people that are around me. Um, it's it's because of the people that are um, in the music industry we call it the people that are in our camp, right? Nice. right? Like our camp. Like so, like the, that's that's why um, I mean, I feel like that's how the the needle gets moving is when, I mean, whether it's music or any other creative outlet, I feel like it still applies. Um, Having people that are in your corner that are cheering you on, um, you know, and that like genuinely want to see you succeed. um, And whether that means they're, you know, it, whether that means it benefits them or not, um, you know, like, um, it's easy to have someone cheer you on if they're, you know, getting kickbacks yeah for sure. <laughs> you know I mean? like um but the people that aren't um you know i guess financially uh you know incentivized for your success or your failure like those are the best people to have in your corner um because they're going to be the able to be the most honest um and so yeah i think take action and then surround yourself with good people and i feel like people know like, you know, who's good and who's not yeah. like most people do. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's what I would say.
0: Man, that's huge. And just to piggyback off of that, like getting those people, those coaches, those mentors, like that's why I even started what I'm doing with my my personal business that I've grown. Yeah. I'm literally coaching and consulting creatives, not so I can get rich. Like, yeah, that's a byproduct of it. But I truly want to help those that were like me that are on the come up or that are on the flip side, they've had that success and yeah. now they feel the most alone they've ever felt. Because sometimes you realize you, you've chased all the fame and the notoriety from your yeah. art and your gift that you realize the top is lonely. And if you're chasing that and that's what's bringing you all your fulfillment, then you'll be left hollow. And that's why yeah. I think it's so important to get people like you said, in your life that are going to coach you, that are going to mentor you. And if that's something that you're listening at home, and if that's something that I could help you with, then you're going to find links below to, to find out a little bit more of that. But I won't turn this into a, (laughs) a shameless self-promotion. I definitely don't, I didn't start that for this. I I started to definitely bring the story of my guest and man, I, I love being a friend. It's been great to see your journey and see yeah. growth because I mean, man, it's, it's so cool to see how God's just been shaping and molding you and you're becoming the person that you're called to be. And I just want to take a, a moment and encourage you there, but yeah, with that. So obviously you've had this, this, this small degree of, of success and career and you're just getting started. Like you're just yeah. at the the earliest parts of it. Yeah. But one, one question I wanted to ask you was that obviously through this you've probably wanted to give up at some point. You've probably felt burnout. So tell us about a time that you felt burnt out or wanted to give up, but instead you kept going.
1: Yeah. So I think the biggest like I don't know if it's ever like I don't really feel like as a as an artist that ever really stops. Like I feel like it happens in waves. Like for sure. uh, I mean even just a month before we signed the distribution deal, I, I I didn't know if I wanted to continue doing music. Um, at the time, I was working. I was a director at Chick Fil A, um, and I actually liked it. Like I enjoyed it. Um, and if you don't know, like you can make good money at Chick Fil A as as a director. <laughs> and if you move if you move your way on up, um, so like, yeah. So I didn't know if I wanted to do it. Um, cause it just seemed like there was a lot of hurdles. It seemed like there was a lot of red tape. It, it seemed like, um, you know, again, that comparison game still creeps in time from time. And like, um, now that I, now I've learned to not, not to, you know, I, I try to stay off. The only, the only reason I'm on Instagram is if I'm like actively posting or, or, you know, doing that I'm not, I'm not scrolling like. You know, so if, if you posted a picture of your beautiful baby, I, I didn't see it. I'm sorry. Probably didn't see it. So, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like I think. Uh, yes, yeah, like a month before, yeah, a month before we signed, I was questioning, like if I wanted to do if I wanted to do music. And um, I think, like, again, I think the only thing that like gets you through it is like just going to back to the why, like why was I doing in the first, why did I, you know, chase it in the first place? And it's the, you know, give people hope to, like you said, like, write,
0: Yeah.
1: To be able to write those songs. Um, and you know, I would hate to be, you know, in my forties, fifties, sixties, and then look back and think, man, like how many people could have been impacted by these songs sitting on my laptop. Like, you know, um, so yeah, I think the why, I think if you don't have a why, um, then you're going to, you're going to end up quitting and you're going to like not doing it. Like, um, so I think having a why is really important. And, and, and whenever you, so that whenever you feel that way, when you feel like, man, I, this ain't, this ain't worth it. Or why am I doing this? You can go, you can always go back to that. Um, and yeah, so that's what I would say,
0: man. So good. Follow up that with all right. So let's let's picture the future for a moment. Okay. When, you're, when you're ninety-five, 100, 120, however long you plan to live. Yeah. Hopefully a long and fulfilling life. What will you want to say? What will you want people to say most about your life?
1: Man. Um, I guess to quote NF, um, that it was real. <laughs> I love <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I that's mean, hard. like that's that's what That's what I want to be like. I want to, um, you know, not to not to drag the contemporary Christian music industry into the mud, but there's a lot of people in the industry I love. I mean, I'm in that industry, Um, but a lot of stuff that's on like K-Love Radio, um, you know, it's. Some call someone call it. would call it fluff. Um, But but you know what I mean? Like talk to uh, (laughs) them. But so we keep it real here (laughs) (laughs) for me, like, and there's a lot of good songs out there. Like there's a lot of good fluff songs out there, but for me um, as an artist, um, like I want to write songs that when you, I put it this way, this is might be a weird way of thinking of things, but this is, this is what goes through my brain. I want to write that song when you're flying, when you're in, when you're on an airplane and you're flying over, like the clouds, right? And you have the you have the nice window seat, and you're looking out. It's nighttime, so you're just looking out into pitch black darkness, and you see the the light of the wing, flashing, and you have your headphones in because you don't want anybody bothering you, and you're listening to that song, and that song disguises you in like the feels, right? Like you just like that's that's what I want. I want every I song it. that Henry releases to be that song that makes you feel something, um, that makes you you know whether it's a you know, makes you want to jump up and and you know do a Pentecostal dance, or if you're, uh, or you know maybe it, maybe it's uh, you know a song like If You Be Quiet that just kind of gives you the you know where you just want to like jump out of the plane. Don't do that though. But like you know, please don't, <laughs> please don't jump out of the plane. Do that. And I'm um, such a
0: visual person. Like I'm just sitting over here picturing what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: even to the point where you're just hyped, like you're just on your plane, you're hyped, and then you're yeah. like, just fly, yeah. fly out of the plane. Don't <laughs> do that, please.
1: Yeah. I don't. Uh.
0: But you mentioned "Fear Be Quiet." That's the new single,
1: right? So that's the last single. Yeah, that released. Yeah, the first one, only one.
0: <laughs> and it's great. I love it. Thank I you. It all the time, you listening at home, you're gonna find all this stuff underneath in the de- caption, description, all that thing. And you're going to go run this back, share it with your friend, share it on your social media, show oh. him some love, because not only is it a song with him, it features none other than the legendary Tadashi.
1: Oh, T-Dot.
0: Oh, T-Dot, man. If you know, you know. So I'm just curious. I would love for you to share how that happened. Like how yeah. you got connected and got a feature from him.
1: Yeah. So, um that's a funny story. Uh so this song, man, this song, I wrote this song in 2020. Um, and that like that came out of that session was with Jess Cates. It was through over Zoom. Um, and for those who don't know Jess Cates, Jess Cates is like a legendary uh songwriter. He's written stuff for NSYNC. Uh he has cuts with uh Bethel, uh he has cuts with Jeremy Camp. Um uh, one of he uh, he has also has a, a sync project. Um, I'm sure everyone's used to their song called um, uh, "Nothing." Is it "Nothing Better"? There's nothing better than this. Uh, like yeah, everyone, puts it o- everyone puts it over their like family videos. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Got anyways, good sync too. Yeah, oh yeah. So, um, but anyways, huge writer, and the fact that I was even able to write with him was just a miracle. Um, but anyways, wrote this uh i remember being on zen with him and this was one of my first i think i did like three three co-writes before that um so like i'm green still right and uh, i'm writing with this dude who's like i i'm a big credit nerd so like if i hear a song i like i go straight to the credits i'm like who produced who wrote this so i knew all his stuff like when i went in i was like this dude has written with everybody um and like we uh what's that song um man uh we used to do it a lot at church it's bethel um trying to think what it's called uh anyways emily used to lead it a lot uh i can't think of it anyways he wrote that song and like i remember we led it sunday and then that monday like i'm writing with this guy so i'm hyped and um so i get on the zoom and i have no idea what we're writing about like i brought nothing um Like nothing, and uh, he gets on and he's like, uh, he's like, hey man, so like you know, what's your story? And I tell him, I'm like, I'm Jonathan. Um, like it was just like it was just like, oh my gosh, it was so funny. Um, I just told him about my music, like I was a promoter, blah 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 blah. And he's like, cool man, but like he didn't he didn't he wasn't asking for like my yeah. Music, he wanted to know like my story like you. Jonathan like yeah, yeah and I was like and that was really the first time I ever shared about um my speech impediment like I never really saw that as something that could be used as like a testimony like um because growing up like all the testimonies I heard were like these wild ones where like people right. were you know addicts for long times and then like God delivered them um and I'm like I like I grew up listening to Stephen Curtis Chapman and watching Veggie Tales. Like I yeah, that, grew I, up in it. <laughs> like, you know, like the worst thing I did, I think, was like, I think I talked back to my mom once and that was it. And that was the last time I ever did that. <laughs> um, but like, um, but yeah, so I shared my story and he's like, Well, that's the song, bro. So we ended up writing Fear Be Quiet. And um it I had that demo for a year and a half. Man. And uh, I took it in with Jason Roy with building 429, 29 and we worked on it. And, uh, once we got, uh, what we thought was the finished project project, it didn't sit right with me. Like, I just felt like, I felt like I was like, man, this is, I feel like this is, this isn't it. Um, and it was just like real big, like radio CCM thing. Right. Um, uh, not very like, like what it is now. Um, and, uh. So, Yeah, so it's set on, it on my computer for till this year, till February of this year. And uh, uh, there's another friend of mine that's a writer, uh, she, she writes with um word records and uh, she posts like every session to her Instagram story. And she's that's why she has her living, so like every day she's writing with someone new. And like every day I look at her, her name's Rachel, um, and every day I look at Rachel's story and she's writing with someone new. And she this day she was riding with this dude named Zach Paradise, um, and uh, he was in Atlanta. And uh, what they the little twenty seconds that I heard of it, I was like, "Dang, that sounds good!" Like you know, like it just, it, it seemed very One Republic ish, yeah. and uh, I was digging it. And so I uh, I DM'd him on Instagram. And uh, did you lose me? No, you're here. Okay. Um, I would him on Instagram and was like, Hey man, you know, I saw you write with my friend, Rachel was wondering if you could, you know, if you wanted to write. And, uh, so he was like, yeah, man, let's do it. So we're, uh, we get on zoom like the next week and we write a song together and then we do like three more after that. Right. Uh, so we like write for like that next week, we wrote like three days in a row. Well, then that third day I was like, Hey man, like I have this song that I've been hanging on to. And I was wondering if you could like maybe take a. You know, take a turn at it on, on the production side and see what you can do with it. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, let's do it. So I sent it to him and we started working on it. Um, and we get to the bridge and uh, we, it had a bridge like written out like that I saw
0: yeah.
1: uh, n- uh, initially. And uh, but that was one of the parts I felt like it just didn't didn't really sit right.
0: right.
1: And, uh, he's like, bro, I feel like this needs a feature. Oh. And just like that. Just like that. And uh, I was like yeah and he's like i'm thinking maybe like like Holvi or maybe like tadashi and i'm like yeah yeah <laughs> make it happen <laughs> yeah. and i don't know what this like you have to understand uh so he's like he says that and i'm like yeah and he's like why well, can ask tadashi tomorrow he'll be at my house and i'm like i love it Is Tadashi gonna be at your house and he's like, oh, I work for Reach Records. Nice. And I know that whenever I reached out to him, whenever he was writing with my friend Rachel, yeah. I, just knew, I just heard 20 seconds of something that I thought sounded sick. And I, I wanted to write with, and I was just trying to write with everybody and anybody yeah. at the time. And um, so anyways, uh, yeah. So he asked uh, Tadashi. Tadashi uh, then texted me and was like, hey, man, this is Tadashi. Love the track. Uh, let's do it. Um, and... So that's kind of how that I flew out to Atlanta and we knocked it out and um, and yeah, like and, and which we didn't know if it was going to happen. There was a scare because the week before he we were supposed to track Tadashi fell off stage and like had yeah, an accident. No, we
0: were seeing that that it, was crazy.
1: Yeah, so that happened and like yeah. I was like, do we still ask him? Like, right? like, like oh, you're laying in bed. Can we get this uh, this this verse tracked real quick? Man. That's wild. And, uh, it was great. And like, he's been awesome and, and just so encouraging. But, um, but yeah, so that's how that happened uh, with Dude, Fear to Quiet.
0: That's crazy. There's a few things I take from that as a creative songwriter myself. Is yeah. You've got to trust which us that are in our faith rely <clears throat> on the Holy Spirit. Some people probably call it gut or whatever you want, want to call it. Um, another way to say it's taste, too, because, I mean, as you develop as an artist, you trust your taste and yeah. you know what you like. And just because something seems finished or ready, don't be afraid to revisit it. Now, yeah. I'm not saying like hold on to a song forever and never release it, never ship it out. Yeah, but, I mean, like you'll know when it's that right space. So yeah. I really encourage y'all that's a there's a pro tip for you from. From someone that has a song with Tadashi Because he chose to not Accept it as face value And yeah. that's, that's One thing I would like to ask you because You've mentioned you've done quite A few co-writing sessions So what oh, yeah. would you say to the, the Songwriters or aspiring artists Out there that haven't Yet done any co-writing So like what would your advice to Them be how to get started in that space
1: uh, So I, I can tell you how I did it So co-writing, it's everything. Like collaboration is like if you look at the top ten pop artists, right? Like anybody, um, if you go to their credits, there's probably like at least five or more uh, writers on every song. For real, right? Like even more in the pop world. Like if you look at a Bieber track, bro, that's like (laughs) eighteen. Like there's people that have
0: track. There's like (laughs) fifty.
1: Yeah, they can like. Cause it's just refined and refined and refined and, and refined. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think, yeah, co-writing is everything like, um, you know, and I think that's been my favorite, just to touch on that. Like, I feel like that's been my favorite part about the process is like seeing what other people bring to the table, um, you know, and and being able to create something with someone else. Like, it wouldn't be any fun if it was just us, like individually. Exactly. um so like um but yeah as far as getting started like um you know it really I guess it really depends on like where you know the genre and what kind of in, like what industry you want to get into in the christian music industry what i did was i literally messaged like i dm'd instagram dm'd um almost yeah. like almost everybody like if there if there is a writer that is signed to a label they have um they have a message from me in their DMs, um, on Instagram, uh, like everyone. (laughs) So, and that's what I did. I was like, cause if you really think about it at that time, when I was doing that, I was like, man, like either like the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say no or not respond. Like the best thing that happens, I get a session. There you Uh, you Um, and like, so, uh, so yeah, so that's what I did. And like when I actually did it, I got I messaged probably like 40 something people, um, got six yeses. Um, and then those six yeses then turned a lot of those no's into yeses. Because what happens is, is when, for example, when I started writing with Jason Roy with building 429, then all those other people who saw that was like, oh, well, if it's worth Jason's time, maybe it's worth my time, you know? And then like the Tadashi thing, it's like, okay, well, if it's, if Tadashi will jump on a track, then maybe I'll jump on the track. Um, so it's kind of like a, you know, um, uh, that kind of thing. Um, I think just go for it. Like just reach out, you know, like, um, and, and then, and I feel like if you can't, if, if, Sorry. If the oh, you're good. <laughs> if the Nashville thing or the LA thing, isn't your thing, like there's, there's tons of writers. Like if you're in the Dallas area, like there's tons of people in Dallas that write oh, yeah. like, like there's a, there's a huge, uh, music um even like definitely worship like there's a huge worship community and um and like you know so there's like there's co-writes happening i would say there's probably in every in any major city there's probably co-writes happening every day um you know obviously it's probably some more than others but like there's there's sessions to be had <laughs> no matter where you're at i think it's just a matter of just getting you know jump stepping out and just doing it like ask. Like, there's someone you want to write with, ask. On. There you go. <laughs> there's the
0: tip. Just ask. And I'll take it even a step further is if you're surrounded by communities of musicians that you know, your friends, write with them because yeah. they're wanting to write with people too. Like, I mean, that's how we started. Like our church released two albums now. Yeah. And out of that is birthed a lot of small connections of people writing music and you're not going to write a song with someone else until you ask them if, Hey, you want to write a song and also don't be afraid of rejection because your, your next no is just one more. No closer to a yes. You know? So you, you have to be willing to push back that failure and step through that failure. And with that, we don't have a ton of time. I have like two more questions and then I got to get going and I don't want to take too much of your time. Yeah. I wanna just I want you to share a quick story of like what was your biggest failure and what did you learn most from it?
1: Man, um biggest failure. Like within like within music?
0: Yeah, or yeah, anything in general. But yeah, yeah. you want to go the music route for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean I think I think probably my big like my biggest setback um would probably be not having a plan. Mm, um, that's good. And that, that's something that I see a lot of newer artists um, struggle with, um, is that, you know, for me now, like, I feel like it's, I mean, even scripture says, you know, you don't have a plan, <laughs> you don't perish. <laughs> you know? Say so, it. like, That's what it says. Yep. So, um, so I think having a plan and when I'm with that, and I feel like what that looks like for me is like, Having a five-year plan, having a four-year plan, having a three-year plan, yada yada, and then what can I do today to set that up to make sure five five years, five years from now Jonathan is going to look back and be like, man, I'm glad I did that, you know, because that got me here. Um, so I think having a have not having a plan was probably my biggest failure, um, and I think that's everyone's biggest failure, honestly. Like if you look at it, like um, because if you don't know where you're going, then you're just gonna especially in the creative world and, and when music, music specifically, if you don't have a plan I and mean, you're just going to be spending money left and right, spending time left and right. And you're not going anywhere. Like you're literally spinning your wheels um, and not going anywhere. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think having, not having a plan was my biggest failure. And I think now having a plan, um, I think, I think that's like, especially if, as, as an independent artist, I feel like that's your, your biggest, advantage um within your career like that's that's the secret sauce like wow. if anyone asked out how did you do this how did you do this i had a plan oh. like i had a plan like I, and you know for me like uh you know it's like all right in one year this is where i want this to be right like that's, this is what i want this to look like whether that's this is where i want streaming to be this is where i want instagram to be this is where i want our tour you know our live stuff to be you know, and then year two, like, and just, and then saying, all right, what can I do today to make sure in that one year I meet that? Like, so it's, yeah, it's just having a plan, having a plan.
0: I love that. Have a plan. And I'll take it a step further. is have the, again, have the people in your life that are going to hold you accountable to that plan. Cause yeah, sidebar, I know as a creative myself, but thankfully I've been wired to be creative and also very driven and yeah. like organized. So that's what I help my clients with. Like not only do I help them get in the right mindset to win and go after all they're going after creatively, but I also help them practically by making a plan and holding them accountable to it. Because a lot of times we can't see 360. I always say it that way. Like we can't see our blind spots. And we need those people in our life that are going to help us navigate the plan, help us refine the plan, and help us keep on track. So if you're out there and you're a struggling creative and you you don't know how to make a plan or you're not sure how to kind of get the steps together, or maybe you're just needing someone for that accountability, definitely reach out to me. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you, and I want to make that happen. But as we, we wrap up today's podcast, I want to close with one question, final question yeah. for you. And so – oh, did you freeze?
1: no okay
0: okay you froze for a minute on my side uh, so i was like oh no okay so final question for you is yeah. if you could go back five years what creative advice would you give yourself
1: um i really feel like it's the last one right have a plan have a plan
0: it, it's the same I, thing yeah like you answered it and i was like i feel like this is going to be what he
1: answers yeah but like you know um and then just to add on that i feel like we could add on that like for sure. I, biggest thing that stops people from making a plan is, Oh, well, it's going to change. Like the plan's going to change. Like how can I make a five year plan when I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. And I think you still have to make the plan knowing that, yes, it's probably going, like there's a 99.9% your plan's going to change, but that, uh, that shouldn't stop you from making the plan. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is, is, uh, because like I said, like, if I would have been on, if I would have known where I'm going now five years ago, bro, like, Come on. I'd, be, I'd be so much further, like, uh, so much further than, than, uh, than where I am now. Uh, and like, yeah, I mean, who knows, right? Like, who knows what, what where it'd be? But um, I guess we'll know in four years. Uh, but, uh, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll do another podcast and we'll see how how, how everything's gone four yeah, years yeah. later, five years later man I love it again Jonathan Henry man I'm so glad that you took time to be on my podcast and hang out with this community of champions the better than best academy is what we call it but man the the new single fear be quiet featuring Tadashi Go stream it, you're gonna find all his social media handles, show him support, show him love because I'm sure you probably gained twenty thousand more fans from this. Yeah. <laughs> I' yeah. speak it. I'll speak it for you
1: of information here uh, so no one knows this, but I just got the okay that I could talk about this about an hour ago. Um, so in three weeks from now or no from tomorrow from recording. Uh, <laughs> Fear be quiet. Uh, featuring Tadashi and Neon Feather, the remix uh, releases. Okay, so yeah,
0: man, in three weeks, so it'll be a couple weeks before I post this. So you. if you're hearing this, you might you should go check. At least go pre-save if that's a thing. Ah. Definitely go do that. But man, Jonathan Henry, my my friend, I'm so glad that you you were able to be a part of this show, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. We'll talk a little bit once I stop this recording. But those those listening and watching, again, like, subscribe, share, do all the things. Man, I always hate having to do this. (laughs) It's like I really hate to say all the things, but you know what to do. If you're a fan of this, you're you're gonna support this because you're not fans, your family and this community, man, I I don't know what I would do without you guys. I'm so grateful for you guys. But with that said, I'm praying for you. I love you all. Now let's go live better than best as we conquer this week. Peace.